at Kentucky Branded. When the Cats score, you score. That's right. Every Monday after the Cats play is Big Blue Monday at Kentucky Branded. Save 1% for every point they score, up to 30%. Only at Kentucky Branded, the Big Blue Nation's favorite place to shop for all things Kentucky. From the UK Sports Network, this is the John Calipari Show podcast. Now, here's the voice of the Cats, Tom Leach. Welcome in to the John Calipari Show. And for the next hour, we'll talk Kentucky basketball with you. Wildcats don't play again until Saturday when they go to Madison Square Garden to face Seton Hall. That'll be at 12 noon Eastern. And we'll get rolling with our coverage at 10.30 a.m. Eastern here on the UK Sports Network from New York. Kentucky's up to number nine in the new Associated Press poll, number eight in the coaches poll. A couple of other UK athletics department notes for you, and then we'll get to our first break and bring on Cal. Um, UK football, Mark Stoops named Coach of the Year today in the SEC by the Associated Press. Josh Allen named Defensive Player of the Year in the SEC, and he's first-team all-conference along with Benny Snell and Bunchy Stallings. And uh, Josh is up for one of many awards this week that he's up for uh, is being uh, determined tonight down in Charlotte, the uh, Nagurski Award for Defensive Player of the Year nationally. The women undefeated play Rhode Island on Thursday at the Coliseum and volleyball's in round three of the NCAA tournament against Nebraska on Friday night up in Minnesota. When we come back, we'll bring in Coach Cal. We'll talk Kentucky basketball with you a little later. On the phone lines, 800-606-4263 or 280-CATS, that's 2287 on Twitter, it's at UK Sports Network. And on the Kentucky Basketball Facebook page, you can send in your questions as well. This is the UK Sports Network. Welcome back into the John Calipari Show. You can uh, go ahead and send in your questions or give us a call and get on board, and we'll uh, get to some of your questions in just a bit. But, uh, Cal, normally I'd start off asking how practice was today, but you guys haven't practiced since uh, for yeah, Saturday we, morning. Yeah, we practiced. We did, oh, you in, did. individual work. Oh. and. Um, we uh, we did film of the last game, good and bad, and uh, you know talked to them about you know uh, a, a will to win, fighting to win. Um, boy, the tape, uh, the guy that's really getting better defensively is Tyler Hero. Uh, but then we went on the court and walked through some stuff, and then the guards and the bigs split up, and they went to weight train for 35 minutes and then be on the court with us and me on this with the staff for 35 minutes. So yeah, we just, we just got done, but let me, let me just say that let's, let's start this thing by talking about president George HW Bush. Um, I'll be honest. If I had a chance to go to DC today, I would have, uh, to stay in line, to pay respects, to, um, you know, where everything seems to be going, um, you know, here, here's here's a person that fought for civility. Um, you know, the, 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 the stuff that went good with the economy when he took over, it was kind of struggling. He had to raise taxes and go against his own word, but he knew it was the right thing to do, and he knew it would hurt him politically, but he did it anyway, which gave President Clinton a good start when he got started in, in, in those eight years. Um, he knew he had to lower the deficit and do stuff and work, went against some of the things with his party. And he was also a guy that, uh, um, you know, obviously CIA uh, was the envoy to China. That Signed was, up 
for the Navy in World War II when 18, he was 18. 18 years old. And, and the youngest Navy fighter and was shot down and um, ended up being rescued by a, a submarine. And I've been watching just because you can tell for the last day and a half, that's all I've watched. I just And when you learn about what a kind – writing notes, handwritten mm-hmm. notes um, – that you know that to pick people up that he would um, he knew everybody in the White House by name and their children and their birth dates and their and and he made a point to uh, connect that way and um, but when you think about all that he did vice president president the father of two you know two sons that were governors and one that ended up being the president of the United States. Um, and his whole life was service to this country. It's amazing. Um, wasn't the, the, the kind of politician, um, but was a leader and would serve. And the greatest thing was, you know, where, he was raised and they talked about his privilege and he was privileged, but he said, I was also privileged to have a, a, a mother who said, you know, George, don't talk about yourself. Don't, don't be braggadocious. That's not, um, talk less, listen more. Um, and, and, uh, he said about how he and president Clinton got so close. President Clinton liked to talk and he liked to listen. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, that's, and and he became like a father figure, uh, but it, it's just when you see um, what he has done with his life, and you just you think and you you hope you have an impact on other people, but what he did, and then how gracious in defeat, how gracious um, you know he was, and it was you know he was it was all about family and and. And when you hear the grandkids or the sons or his daughter door talk about him, it's like, you know, that he was the greatest human they've ever been around. He, you know, the thousand points of light and all the other things that he wanted a kinder, gentler nation. And how about right now? Wouldn't, wouldn't we hope someone would talk in those terms and let's, let's be more kind to each other and let's, does does it have to be I win and you lose? Can it ever be we all win? I mean, can it? Can we get back to that? Does it have to be? And they said there were times with his own son, he wasn't happy with his tone. If you remember George W. when when we went to war and you know mission accomplished and you know we're we're going to do the axis of evil. You know, I mean, all he said. You know, I wish my son hadn't had that tone. You know, and he, how about this one? This is a great one. He didn't go when the wall came down in Berlin. He did not go. He let Secretary Rice go. He didn't want it to be about him and what he's done and how he was a part of. And he just, he stepped back from that and said, let's do this. And if you remember, he was at a 90% approval rating. 90%. I've never heard of that. And then all of a sudden, you know, it starts unraveling a little bit and, um, you know, but history, 
for all of us when we're all dead and gone. History, it's not someone's agenda. It's not at the moment that things happen where it's hot. It's at the end of the day, 50 years from now, when people look back, I agree with his son. He will be known as the greatest one-term president we've ever had. The greatest one-term president we've ever had. So, Wait. <clears throat> And one just notice we'll get to the break here, but he spent uh, obviously a lot of his downtime in Kennebunkport, but he spent a decent amount of it here because he was such good friends with Mr. Farish at Lane's Inn, and uh, he spent a lot of time in Kentucky over the years. Wow, wow, and in in loving the water and loving the, you know, it, it just, you know, I love to hear and read and learn and 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 learn from. Uh, and I've I've gotten to meet he and his wife when they were alive. Um, we played in the Final Four when we were in Houston. Yeah, they were courtside. That's and right. and do you remember when when they were at the function we were at? And I made a point to say, you know, with all due respect, I have to mention someone that's here. And uh, and I went through the whole thing, and his wife was there, and 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 someone said. Uh, he said to his wife after, we might have to be rooting for Kentucky now. <laughs> um, but I saw him at another Final Four where he was in a wheelchair at that point too. Um, but, uh, you know, just a sad deal. But, you know, it, it's, again, a, a life well lived. Very, very much so. We need to get to a break. We'll come right back. It's the John Calipari Show on the U.K. Sports Network. <laughs> Follow the UK Sports Network on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat for a behind-the-scenes look at Kentucky Wildcats athletics. Now, more from the John Calipari Show. We are back on the John Calipari Show, and uh, you can uh, send us your questions via Twitter, via the Facebook page for Kentucky Basketball, or you can give us a call. Join Dave Baker, Rex Chapman, for a Don Franklin Auto countdown to tip-off coverage of Kentucky and Seton Hall. Gets going at 10.30 a.m. on Saturday from New York. Hopefully, everybody has their bowl tickets by now. I think they're still on sale. They went on sale at 9 this morning. How about that? How about Mark Stoops being coach of the year in the SEC? I mean, first one since 83 at Kentucky. And then Josh Allen. I mean, folks, he's like, he could be a top five pick in a draft. I'm not saying first five rounds. (laughs) And, And now they have the award that there are four quarterbacks and Josh yeah. up for? I guess the Bednarik Award. Or no, Maxwell, I think there's so many. He's up for the Nagurski tonight, the Bednarik Award, which is a defensive player of the year. That's the one I think that's maybe the Maxwell player of the year. The player, of the, year. player of the year. Think of this. Four quarterbacks and a defensive player from Kentucky. What? That's how good he is. Um so happy for Benny, too. Um, and then to play in a New Year's Bowl. I mean, it is that is a big deal. A big deal. And in that bowl, where if you go there, you go to Orlando. If you have kids, oh, my gosh, you know, you're <laughs> going to go crazy. But, um, you know, it's just I know how hard that road was for not only their coaches, their players – to stay the course, to stay the process, and then you're playing in a league that's like the NFL East. I mean, you got teams that are like literally 
their third team could finish in the top five in the SEC. Their third team. And you got to go up against it. You're not as deep. You don't have the recruiting base. Think about it now. You don't have the recruiting base that some of these schools do. Yet, you figure out a way to do it. And, and you know, and again, it's – they had to fight that Vanderbilt game. They had to fight that Texas A&M game. Think about it. How about the Missouri game? They had to fight that Missouri game. I'm trying to talk to my team right now about a will to win. That's a will to win. But they are older. They had been through it. The best thing for the guys that came back is they got to experience this and understand now that for the rest of their lives – this is going to be a point of reference. The rest of their lives, this right here, what they were able to live and be a part of. Um, it's just, uh, you know, I, I'm like, everybody really enjoy this. It shouldn't be, oh, we're playing Penn State and they're really good against the run and they can't guard it. Stop. Just smile. Our football team is in the Citrus Bowl. Can you imagine our players are getting – their due respect. Our coach was coach of the year. I mean, it's 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 exciting for everyone on our campus, and it should be exciting for everyone in our state. Yeah, I mean, as they get this thing, keep it rolling, there'll be a lot of things, well, this that just happened two years ago or that happened last year. This year it's been a bunch of stuff that hadn't happened in 30 years and in 40 years. And well, That's this, pretty cool. This is like – you know, and, and I've been in some programs where it's like first time, like first time, nothing like it, folks. Yeah. Nothing. Then I took the Kentucky job. What the heck can you do here <laughs> that's not been done 16 times by, you know, now it's like uh, feed the beast. Yeah. Uh, I just saw a note. Uh, you uh, have now coached in 347 games. That's 50 short of number two on the list, which is Coach Hall, who just – Celebrated his 90th on Saturday, was there. And then just a few more to be number one. Coach Rupp had 1,006. Oh, <laughs> you going for that one? No, no, no. <laughs> You're telling me number. You know I don't, I don't deal in numbers that way. But, um, you know, the, the, the stuff here is in dog years. <laughs> I, I, look, here, here's today. That would make that about 2,100 games yeah, you've yeah, coached. Yeah, it, it's it's – but, you know, today, like, I walked out of the gym and I said, I'm in my element, which is a team that really needs us coaches, which is a team that's growing by the day, which is a team that we're trying to figure out. We had to put in new drills today for issues that we're having, and they're not drills out of a book. They're invented stuff that we got to come up and say, here's why we're doing this, um, to see – Ashton play the way he did to see other guys struggle yet be able to tell them like Nick, Nick, the reason you're our fourth big is how you practiced. Now have a great week of practice. And then you move into those three and one of those other guys isn't playing as much. Um, You know, talking to, you know, like after talk to Nick after the game about we need you to play but I can't do it for you, and I want to play three bigs, which means you got to take minutes from one of those other three. Fight. Fight. Um, today, watching 
Keldon and Tyler and Ashton and watching Reed. Like I said to Reed today, look, I thought you played okay. I thought you missed three or four one-foot shots. Like, come on. And then I see he had 22 and 13. (laughs) And I said, that's holding you to a different standard than just numbers. I watched the tape. If a guy's not fighting, he's not bouncing, he doesn't have the energy, you should be on the court. And I told them that. I shouldn't have to coach emotion, intensity, fight. If you're not doing that, you shouldn't play. And sometimes you get to where, well, you know, you got to give him a chance, let him go. Da, da. Wait a minute, what about the guys that's playing behind that guy? And he looks out there and says, well, why is he playing if he's not even playing hard? What that? Let me play. Now you have no team if you don't hold guys accountable. And that's what I'm trying to do. But I, I'll be honest, I just want to have a ball doing this. I want to be able to say, I, here, here's what I'm trying to get away from. I, it can't be result-driven. In other words, we win a game. <sighs> All I know is in the second half of that game against UNC Greensboro, who is going to be an NCAA tournament team, we beat them by 20. In a half, we beat them by 20. We wore them down. We were good offensively and still turned it over too much and missed too many one-footers. How many one-footers are we missing right now? Seven, eight a game? We'd be the leading field goal percentage team in the country if we made one-footers. Like, we're just throwing it and missing it. Like, you're seven inches from the goal and you're missing them. And so, you know, the, the biggest thing, the last three games, you know what I've been harping on since Bahamas. We got to guard. You got to be able to guard the ball. You got to be able to guard the three. Those two things, shooting percentage and all that stuff, since we've just focused on that, has gone down. We're back into the numbers I'm used to. The numbers near 31, 32% from the three or less, near 39, 38, 40% from the field goal percentage. We're just turning it over a little bit too much, and we're showing them on tape. But, you know, I look, I just look around and I say, I know these teams are good. I like my team. Now, let me get to work. But if you're results-oriented and all it talk about is winning, you coach to win the next game. There's a problem with that. You may coach to win that game, but in the bigger picture, you're not helping yourself. And that's why I'm saying, look, Seton Hall is good enough to beat us. Utah is good enough to beat us. North Carolina is good enough to beat us. And let me say this. I'm going to throw some bouquets to that school down west of us. They're doing a heck of a job now, Louisville. I didn't say Louisville. I said Louisville. And they're playing extremely hard. Like, these dudes are fighting to win games. And let me say this. Their coach is holding them accountable. He didn't care about name. If you don't deserve to play as much as this guy, I'm playing that guy. That is going to be a really hard game for us to win. And you know what? I'm not worried about that game, the next game, Seton Hall game. I just got to get my team better. If that's not good enough for Seton Hall, we're moving on. I want to make sure we're on the right path. And that's hard when you're my age because you start winning so much that you – and the losing, can I just tell you, it stinks. It is so bad. Oh, my gosh. Literally, you want to grieve, I get 
physically ill. But you know what? I got to get by it. And I'm going to tell you why. Because these kids need me. They do. And I feel bad sometimes. You know what I say to myself? If I feel this way, how do you think those kids feel? And I can't be, I got to be about them. That's why they're here. That's why their family sent them here. That's why they came here to be at Kentucky. I told them, we got, we got teams playing against us, and I told a kid this. They want to beat Kentucky for it because it's Kentucky, and some players want to beat Kentucky to say, I just want to prove I didn't have to go to Kentucky, da-da-da-da-da. That's why they play that hard. And you know what? Let's see how this all plays out, how our kids are doing, how other kids do. I know one thing. Our kids, great kids, involved in the community, involved in doing things for other people, go to that league, and they perform. And they perform at a high level. How about Julius Randle? How about Darius Miller had 13 or 16 last night with Anthony Davis and the three of them, like, playing really good basketball. Marcus is supposed to be back before too long, too. And you know what? It's going to be good for them because I like it how it happened, don't you, that they've lost some games? Because if he came back and they lost some games, then I'll say it's about him. Now they've lost and they're struggling. Let's add him to the team and see if he can make them unbeatable because I have that kind of faith in him. He's an unbelievable player. Heading to a break as we do. A couple of numbers for you. Cal was referencing the defensive improvement over the last three games. Opponents 34.6% from the field the last three games, 288 on threes. Heading to a break. Be right back. It's the John Calipari Show on the UK Sports Network. Back on the John Calipari Show, we'll get to a question off the Twitter feed from Chris at UK Sports Network asking about Jamal Baker. Do you think he'll be able to play this year? You know, I don't know. I, uh, he's uh, limited. It went from out on the sheet that I get every day on who's in practice and who's out to limited. Um, I don't, you know, being on the court a long period of time, he just hadn't done it. So um, hopefully – you know, uh, he's saying he's getting better, and now we just got to get him to the point where he can stay up with these guys who, you know, you get behind the action and hadn't been in games like that. But uh, let's hope because we could use one more guy, especially guy making shots. And that's the other thing for us too. Um, the are, We're making – I told you, this should be the best three-point shooting team I've had here. And we're finally starting to shoot the ball better. And that's without Emmanuel making shots. I mean, he's one of our best three-point shooters. He's just getting in the game. He ain't making them in the game. But if he starts with Tyler, with Keldon, with in, in all our bigs, when you start talking uh, Reed and PJ and even EJ, uh, Nick's a terrific free-throw shooter. So uh, quad A. You know, we, we've seen him over the last year and a half make shots and what he can do. And um, um, so we're, we've got some stuff. But I'll be honest, folks, we're a heck of a post-up team. And we put pressure on teams by being able to throw it. There's not many teams. It's kind of like everybody goes to five out and then you're the one team that can really throw it to the post and make them pay for that. And then you can play basketball from inside where they got to trap you and do something to outside where you now can play threes, driving lanes, and all that, we got a little bit of both. And I'm trying to 
again, continue to figure out. Like we, we, we hit a couple different things we did against Greensboro to get Reed out of the low post and put him in the high post. Something that I haven't done much here, um, but we're, we're experimenting with that, basically tweaking some things. Um, but I come back to this. This season is all going to be played out through us defensively because the way we rebound the ball, if we can continue to defend, we'll have a chance to win every single game we play. Doesn't mean you're going to win them all, but you have a chance. If we play like we did at the beginning of the year, listen, we scored 84 points in that first game. My teams have never lost a game. I think I've been coaching like 67 years that they scored 84 points. We scored 84 and got beat by 50. I mean, so we've come back to this is what we have to do and here's how we have to be. And it's uh, I'm, I just get excited when I watch a kid like Tyler and how they're playing. Right now, here's the biggest issue we have. So here's what I'm doing. We'll go through the tape. If a guy doesn't sprint the floor, he, he's going to run in practice. So he's got a liner to go. Um, Tyler Hero, if he grabs a rebound with one hand, whether he grabs it or not, it doesn't matter. He's running the liner. i got to get him to stop. We got Keldon. We got um, uh, Ashton. We got Emmanuel. If they're not watching the ball, like uh, they're playing defense, the ball's passed. If they turn and look at their man instead of keep an eye on the ball, they're running the liner. So Keldon probably, they cut him back. He must have had 30. Because he, it's a, it's, he's in high school that you pass, and now my man doesn't have it. I'm watching my own man. You can't play defense, and you certainly can't pay, play team defense. So we're trying to hold them accountable. You're not in a stance, and you're not bouncing. Boom, you're running. But we'll show you. We're not just going to say you got 30 runs. Here are the 30 times you did not do it. Now, if you don't want to run, clean it up. Clean it up. And it's all, you know – like I said, holding these kids accountable and, and coaching them and, and telling them, one, I believe in you and I can't do it for you, but you're not nearly as good as you should be playing. You're not. You're, you're playing okay. But why settle for that? How about every day you make yourself uncomfortable? Every day you come to push yourself to learn and be uncomfortable because there's nothing in this life that's easy. It's there, and if you're looking for something easy, uh, you're going to be searching a long time because there's nothing in life. And if you want something, the reality of it, the great thing about our country, go take it. If you want something, you go take it. Are you taking it from air, or a lot of times you got to take it from somebody else? That's the great thing about our society and capitalists. I mean. He's got it. You want it. You got to go take it from him. You better do something better. If he's getting comfortable, take it from him. If you think I'm going to do this comfortable, it's a dogfight. Everything. You take something from somebody, they take it from you. Take it back. And so trying to go through this and tell them there's no given here. There's no given that you're going to make it. There's no given that we're going to win. And everybody is playing to beat us. Everybody that plays has nothing to lose. Until we hit the NCAA tournament, then everybody has something to lose. And that's usually why we are okay, because we're trained 
where the other team had nothing to lose and we had everything to lose. And, uh-oh, now they got everything to lose too. So, but now and through our league, they're not having it. We have everything to lose, which is what makes us stronger and makes you, you know, every game you go into, you know, man, these guys are going to play out of their minds. And How about the start of the uh, Greensboro game? The guy has 20 in the first half. Did you watch the game and say, what is going – how is this happening? Well, then he kind of lost his legs and we played him a little different. And then, uh, you know, and how about this? The game gets a little tighter and now all of a sudden they do have something to lose. Oh, is, the rim's not so big now. And that's – but I'll tell you, if you don't fight and they get away from you, you get beat big. If you can keep it close and fight to win and play with that mentality – you got your chances. Heading to a break. You can tweet us at UK Sports Network. You can go to the Facebook page for Kentucky Basketball. Post a question there, or you can call us when we come right back. 800-606-4263 or 859-280-2287 inside Lexington. This is the UK Sports Network. To keep up with the Cats, including free streaming audio on game days, Download the official UK Athletics app presented by Hunt Brothers Pizza in the App Store or Google Play. You're listening to a UK Sports Network podcast. Dave Baker, Rex Chapman for our Don Franklin Auto Countdown to tip off coverage of Kentucky and Seton Hall from Madison Square Garden on Saturday. Pre-game starts at 10.30 a.m. Eastern here on the UK Sports Network. One quick segment here. Get us back on schedule. One quick question for you, Coach, from Natalie on Facebook. Who is going to or has taken a leadership role for your team? Well, and again, it, it, it all develops, and you don't know how this is all playing out, but I, I would say Reed will start taken more of that role I mean he works so hard and he's he listens he, he's trying and and uh, and I think the guys respect him that way um, but you know it just I still think it, it you have time for all that to play out what I hope is they they become a bunch of servant leaders where they're all about each other so if you're on the court and four guys are worried about you and you're worried about the other four guys more than you're worried about yourself, that's when you become that team. And that means I want you to think in terms of defense. If we're all out there and I'm guarding my man and one other, and we're all doing that, like I'm guarding my man and who else am I helping with? But I got mine, but I'm going to have one more. And, and they're all in that frame of mind. And then offensively, I'm playing for my teammates. If I'm open, I let it go. If not, I'll create for somebody else. I'm not playing for me. I'm playing. And if everyone is playing for the other guys, that's the team that's empowered, that makes the game look easy, is never really straining to play, that looks like they have unbelievable energy. And it really looks like you have five, six, seven guys on the court. We need to get to a break. We'll take that. Come right back for a final couple of segments with Coach Cal. Tweet us your questions. Give us a call or post them on Facebook. It's the UK Sports Network. Cats and Seton Hall, Saturday, 12 noon Eastern at the Garden in New York. Got a question for Coach Cal from Marvis. He says, felt like the last 12 minutes of the game were the best defense this year. Love the intensity from Ashton, Keldon, and Reed. The three sophomores haven't sustained that energy this year. Are you? What would you think about starting four freshmen and Reed? Um, well, you know, I can do that. And, and starting to me is, you know, um, 
you know, it's it's important. It's more ego. I think it's when you get in a game, it's who you're playing. And like you said, Tom, off air, you played four freshmen in Reed, and it was there was unbelievable energy. Yeah. And and, and don't you think that we should all expect and demand that? I mean, it doesn't mean you're going to play great. It means you may miss shots. It, you may turn it over some. You may not be perfect out there. But you fight. There's no coolness to your game. Just get out there and go. And that's all I'm asking every guy. Now, here's the other thing. To play that way, you probably can't play nine straight minutes. If you're really going to fight and go crazy, you need to sub yourself. Coach, get me. I'm, I'll be ready in two minutes. I mean, I think we have a good rotation going right now, and uh, I'd like to have Nick be in there, but the way I'm doing this, it's uh, the Bahamas, it was good when we played three bigs. Now, EJ was out because of injury, but it w when we played the four bigs the first game, it didn't look real good. Yeah. After that, the three bigs, it looked really good, even though we were defensively not real good. But we looked like a team offensively. That's why I'm doing it. And I and I told the guys I'd like to play Nick. He's going home to New York, so I'd like to play him. Um, but if he doesn't deserve it, if he's the fourth big, told him take it, take it, make one of these other guys sit. You're talking about Tyler's defense improving earlier. One thing I noticed with him, and I know you always say your teams are not going to lead the league in steals, but he has a nice knack for anticipating things and making Here, steals. Here's what's happened. He's worked so hard at himself on himself defensively. He's got like a defensive confidence that some other guys don't have. Now, who's the other guy that has pretty good defensive confidence? Ashton, I would say. There guess. you go. Okay. So now you have Ashton that has pretty – I'll tell you who else. EJ, bouncing around, moving around, has pretty good – defensive confidence if you get your man catches the ball and shoots a layup you're not going to be confident you're just not and then you're going to go on offense and you're going to be tentative especially if it happens two or three times or a guy grabs a rebound from you the defensive confidence you have builds your offense and here's what it does by having the confidence you now will risk a little bit you'll anticipate more you're not like in a shell, like I just don't want to make – I don't want to get beat again. So now your hands are down and the dude makes a three because you're not being aggressive and you're not confident. But you got to work at this and you got to go after people and you got to know, all right, here's who I am. If I'm getting beat on the dribble, why is it? And we're working every day, you know, from transition defense to getting beat on the dribble to high hands for three-point shots – to rotate defensively to shooters. Don't stop till the whistle blows. Rebound and fly. And so, you know, it's it's every day to create these habits to become the team that we all want to see. And who, when they said the last 12 minutes, I had people call me and say they're starting to look like a team you've coached. They're starting to look like that. And I'll tell you, I'm going to say it again. I'm in my element when it's time to build and get it going and let's go. And, and not being afraid to hold people accountable and, and do it in a way that, look, I'm with you, but you're, it's not acceptable what's going on. And if you don't change, you're not playing. I don't feel obligated to one guy. I'm obligated to effort. I'm obligated to guys that will fight and have a will to win. That is who I'm obligated to. I'm not obligated because you're so-and-so or you did this or it is, come on now, let's go do this. 
We'll finish up with Coach Cal when we come right back. It's the John Calipari Show on the UK Sports Network. You can post questions on the Facebook page. You can tweet us at UK Sports Network, or you can give us a call, and you can listen to a replay of the show each week by subscribing to UK Coaches Show Podcast. Search UK Coaches Show in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher. New episodes are available every Tuesday. A couple of um, notes on your rebounding, Cal. Still number one in rebound margin, number one in offensive rebound percentage over the last seven games during this winning streak plus 138 on the boards, which is the most dominant stretch any of your teams have ever had. I know you guys track something called attempts to rebounds. Right. I have to believe that's looking pretty strong and, right now. And, well, we do got a, we have a bunch of guys. A shot goes up. We stop the tape. On offense, how many guys attempted the offensive rebound? Now, guards may be back, so we don't call those an attempt. But three, four, and five, you attempt the offensive rebound. What is that percentage? It should be 85. Some guys, it should be 90, 95. Defensively, everyone, guards, big, you should be in a position to attempt to rebound defensively. Shot goes up. Are you attempting to rebound? And that number defensively should even be higher. So you're talking that you want it to between 85 and 100% attempts to rebound. You cannot rebound. You won't. This is like I, I want to. These are words of wisdom. You cannot rebound if you don't attempt to rebound. <laughs> How about those words of wisdom? Maybe we should do that each week. I'll bring good, different words <laughs> of wisdom. Uh, I got to think Reed's probably leading the way on, on the attempts. Well, there's. I'll tell you, offensively, is EJ just goes after every offensive rebound, and he and he doesn't accept being blocked out, and he's tipping balls in. Gets off in the floor and, quick. Oh, you know, he's, again, This the games are going to get rougher, and we're going to have to see how he plays in the roughhouse game. But I'll be honest, I'm, uh, you know, it, it's his energy and what he brings to the table. And, like, w- we added this, trying again to do things defensively, and I may add a couple more things that we will track. But we have – Three stops in a row equal a kill. So we're saying we want eight kills a game. Now you think about this. If we can get three stops and you score on one or two of them and you do that eight times, you're going to win by a pretty big margin. The first game we did it, I think we had five kills, but we had eight or nine times we got to two, and then we either fouled or we gave up an offensive rebound or they – Shot a ball at the buzzer. This last game, we were at seven. And so we're going to just keep focusing on that. Um, I think, again, effort plays. Like one of my friends said, you know, you're talking to them about playing hard. Do they know what that means? Have you explained that it means sprint the floor? That means stay in the defensive stance when you're not guarding the ball? means bouncing. Because I'm sure they think they're playing hard. Well, and does that mean you think I mean pushing the back or I go elbow a guy, I'm playing hard? Um, I'm going to – I mean, playing hard is an intensity level and then trying to sustain it for as long as you can. Not saying I'm going to go at 85% so I can stay out here longer. And now, as a coach, I'll be honest – when I'm coaching basketball, not emotion, not intensity, not fight, not will to win, it is a really great game to coach. 
But when you're begging guys to play, to compete, to play with the will to win, to play with more intensity, to sprint, to dive on the floor, take that charge, crack down, go after that ball, then it's just it's, – it's, it's not as fun. Let me just put it that way. In these last couple games, I haven't coached a motion. I, what I've done is if a guy's not playing hard, I just take him out. He doesn't say anything to me, and I don't say anything to him. He just walks by me and sits down. Um, just trying to hold them accountable. If we get to that, again, a team, we're young. There are way more experienced teams when we hit our league. Woo. Just about every one. And that's going to affect some of our games. I can deal with that. But let's get to that point where we're fighting like heck and having fun. Good luck Saturday. Thanks. Cats and Seton Hall. That one will tip at noon Eastern time. Dave Baker, Rex Chapman will get going with our Don Franklin auto countdown to tip off coverage of the Cats and Seton Hall starting at 10.30 a.m. on Saturday. Don't forget, replay of the show, available, subscribe, or look for UK Coaches Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher. New episodes available every Tuesday right after we have this show on Monday nights. We'll be back here at 6 Eastern next Monday. For Coach Cal, I'm Tom Leach, and this is the UK Sports Network. Thanks for listening to the UK Sports Network. To have this podcast sent straight to your mobile device, subscribe using iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud.